0: Biff, why are the Olympic stadiums in Tokyo just so hot? We're doing this again, aren't we? Because there's no fans. There's no fans. (sighs) You know what? If there was was an Olympic... At least it's a new joke. If there was an Olympic competition for laziness, I would really try to come in fourth. That way I didn't have to walk up to the podium. Hello, everybody. This is Jacques. This is Biff. And welcome to Carnival Personnel. Biff, how are you, my friend?
1: I am actually uh, doing pretty well. Psyched like to uh, for another Friday night. Combination of you for however long we're going to chat and uh, Friday night hockey.
0: You got hockey tomorrow morning? I do not. Oh, good. I'm taking okay. this week off. I okay. actually had one-on-one one Wednesday night, and that's it. Good for you. We just recorded arguably the longest probably the longest unarguably the longest sideshow we've done but very arguably the best sideshow we did with a really detailed funny hilarious conversation with our friend about reality show tv and development yep and you know i managed
1: to keep you know jock from just yambling on forever and ever so yep
0: no it, it 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 was She probably did 85% of the talking. Which was was the right move. Exactly. Um, So, you know, sometimes we start the show on a sour note when a legend passes or an artist of note that we like. But this week, it is the 99th birthday for one Norman Lear. Yeah, And, dude, I've heard him on a a few different shows over, like, the last week. Um, You know, I, I follow a lot of, you know, people of his elk on Twitter. And it's unfathomable that the guy is still that funny and that sharp. And honestly, it's like talking to a 40 year old, you know, comedy writer,
1: you know? I mean, certainly, I mean, and we're talking about the, and it is amazing. A lot of guys from that era. And obviously we're talking about the late Carl Reiner. I mean, and only recently late you know, yeah. Carl Reiner, you know, Mel Brooks, you know, Dick Van Dyke, all those guys you know, just, just fantastic minds. And it's just amazing. I guess it's more of also a credit of how much they, those guys from that generation used to do. I mean, they just used to do so much within the industry and, you know, so those guys are getting rarer and rarer, right? So,
0: And it, and it is, it's amazing to hear his journey. And, you know, with older people, sometimes myself, it's like, you can recall something from, Forty years ago, like it was yesterday, but you can't remember what happened this morning. He is sharp as a tack all the way across, and you know, like our hero, you know, Monsieur Paul Lacroix. I think, I think a lot of it has to do with they never stop. They never let themselves be old. They never. He never stopped writing. He never stopped producing. He never stopped loving to work in a comedy world and. Like I said, the fact that he's ninety nine and he still has projects that he's getting up every day and working on yep, is yep. is inspiring. So he's great. Uh, are you a Jeopardy guy? Have you have you been? Yeah, you know I you know
1: I, I used to watch it when you know it's one of those things where I watch it less and less, largely because uh, we cut the cord. So the get you know what watching network shows or the local shows is actually more of a chore. So, but you know, I get it. I enjoy it when I watch
0: it, but yeah. So, and and it's, it's probably my Twitter algorithm that for a, a good while, you know, ever since the passing of, you know, the great Alex Trebek, people have been calling out for LeVar Burton, you know, to do it. And, and I didn't know if there was, why the ground swelling was what it was but it was and after you know months and months of guest hosts and stuff like that from all over the board um he has a shot this week and i think he's doing a fantastic job um i think he's doing a great job i put on twitter that i do believe if he does get the full-time gig that he should and i'm not being i'm not saying it has to be the full uniform but once a week he should wear the visor of geordie laforge no, you know, he when should. he's hosting he just should watch, not. once a week. No, I should not. Me, you know, I'm not no. saying he has to have the whole no. uniform, No, but I think once a week, no. uh, w- what I do like. You know it, what? Once a year on Halloween, he should do it. Now, I don't know if all the other hosts have been doing this, but Burton has at the end of every show or, you know, he pointed out in his first introducing of himself and, and how he's very lucky to be hosting, blah, blah, blah. The winning totals of the three contestants every night is matched. Um, it, it goes to his Reading Rainbow Foundation. Oh, that's fantastic. You know, oh, and, a, yeah. and a guy yesterday, and it was awesome. Dude, I don't care if it's basketball, hockey, fucking table tennis. Watching the best at what they do is a real privilege. Yeah, and the yeah. guy who is on a seven-day run right now, dude, he, he has it's been over like like mathematically over before the second round most nights mm. and he went on a 20 question run something like a 20 yep. question run yesterday and so when it came time, time for final jeopardy well, he could he he had something like 43,000 and if the other contestant doubled what she had the most she could get was 88,000 so even and so my, you know, management, my wife, 8,800, maybe 8,800. sorry. 8,800. She said, Oh my God, the way he's going, I bet he's going to bet $30,000 right. and he did. And he got the question right. And 73,000. And so at the end where, when, when LeVar was saying what the totals are, you could see how giddy he was, how much money was going to that foundation and yep. everything I've ever heard about the guy from other celebrities you know, people in the industry he's just beloved and yep. it's funny because i know there's an outcry for ken jennings to take over the full-time role but right. i noticed on the credits last night he's a consulting producer on the show yeah. so maybe yep. he's happy being behind it or or whatever but it's great because like i said for a very long time my twitter algorithm keeps having people you know i keep getting tweets for the last you know while saying you know he's got to be the host he's got to be the host and there's been some great hosts but yeah i'm uh if they call me for my vote i'm going lavar burton but i am going to ask him to wear the geordie laforge thing uh you don't have tv but i reached you out have tv no no i'm sorry you cut the cord but uh but talking about tv a really good friend of mine. Uh, He has a, his hobby is pirating. I'm just going to say it. You know, if you ask him what he's up to, his hobby is pirating. And he just likes to find things and collect things and put them on. And I don't agree or disagree. Like when Napster was a thing, I used Napster to find live recordings or things I just couldn't find. You know, Napster predated, like being able to go to eBay and buy obscure albums or stuff like that. And so, but I will tell you the other day, you cannot buy Biff. You cannot buy it on Amazon prime. You cannot buy it on Apple TV. You cannot find it anywhere. None of the 19 streaming services we have have the movie break it. They have breaking into electric boogaloo. You can, that that's I think on Netflix and you can buy it on Apple TV or, or you can buy it on Amazon, but you cannot buy breaking anywhere. Oh. And my wife was telling a friend about it. I don't know how it came up on conversation. She goes, Oh, you like 80s dance movies, this is what started all, you have to see this one. And I texted my buddy, I'm like, by any chance, do you have break-in? He goes, oh, do you want me to put it on DVD or flash drive? I'm like, dude, whichever is easier for you, (laughs) I'll swing over tomorrow and get it. And then he called, like right away, he texts right back. I mean, this is a really great friend of Joe's and mine. And about a half hour, he calls back and goes, wait, you don't have my Plex account? And I'm like, "Uh, if I knew what it was, maybe i do so it goes go to your smart tv and it took him 20 minutes to walk me through getting onto his plex account i grew up with this kid we we i moved next door to him in 1973 we saw star wars together his dad took us to smoking bandit i mean we've been seeing we've been we're closer as brothers than me and my home brother you know and we're exactly the same but different like He's a Marvel guy who loves DC. I'm a DC guy who loves Marvel. You know, it's like one of those things. So, yep. but 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 he and I would run home from school, and there was a thing called Force Five every day at two thirty, and we got okay, right. out of school at two like twenty, and the school was a mile away. And you've not seen you know ten year olds, twelve year olds run that fast, not on fire, and we would miss like the opening credits. But every day was a different show. It was the same show on Monday, Tuesday. And two right, of the right. shows that I love were Star Blazers. Yep. And the show called Grandizer. Right. And of course, like I see his animated file. And I've, I've been spending the week just watching this. And I got a couple <clears throat> questions for you. Why yeah. did all this Japanese animation in the early 70s, the characters look like me and not you? Yeah, you know so there there is this thing
1: of I think making people look, I don't know what the for lack of a better term, uh, exotic on the animation side. So that was a kind of a standard thing and obviously what's funny is is that if you look at those that era depiction of an Asian in an animated context in the West versus, you know in actual asia you'll see yeah that's that, that's the world apart in terms of how you know each group perceived you know agents you know whether you know so that's it's it's really the almost like the difference between the real you and the instagram you right i mean there's right. still, there's a little bit of that also But it's funny. So so so
0: the show Grandizer comes out in 1974, but it doesn't get here to like the late 70s or maybe it's 79, 80. It it hits the UHF channels here. I mean, there's a whole history of those kind of things, right? Like,
1: you know, so, you know, the there's like the Gigantor. Yep. Yep. uh, You know, uh, whatever. Kimba the White Lion, uh, uh, all those, you
0: know. Right. So And, and Grandizer, it's set and nondescript usa like it's on a farm in oklahoma yeah. you know nebraska like farmers daughters like characters like all this stuff but it's just so funny it's all round-eyed whiteies, you know and then, but then a couple of the tech people look like you you know what i mean and i'm like yeah. oh are they but the funny thing is it's so and i remember this as a kid back then they didn't do different title cards they would just put the English in bigger, different color, like Chiron, over okay. the Japanese. And even on the screens, it's like, oh, he's looking at the screen. And they never went over. It's like the Japanese characters would be on the screens in the background, like the computer screens and stuff like that, which I thought was fun. But honestly, and Star Blazers, I take it you would at least know Star Blazers. Uh, actually, I never never watched the show because I read the original manga, but never watched the show. Okay. But I guess they made a live action movie that only came out in Japan a few years ago for Star Blazers. They did like a reboot. Oh, yeah. they Yeah, I remember there was a... Starship um, Yamoda yeah. I think it's called. Yamato. Yamato. Yeah. Um, so I will be watching that this week. So honestly, uh, it's been a big week uh, on my friend Plex account because... But like I said, I he has Black Widow up there. And I would not have been able to watch Black Widow on his Plex account if I didn't pay to have seen it in the theater. You know what I mean? I, w- yeah, I, I would have yeah. felt guilty about that. Yeah. Like, I, I, you know, I mean, I wanted Because look, I know how many those movies employ. It's like, <laughs> oh, sure, Marvel, Disney, you know, they don't need any more money. Yeah. But, you know, I, I did. I wanted to... We, we definitely yeah. wanted to support a female-driven action movie, female director, yeah. all that stuff. And, and I'm glad I did. That said... Now that I paid my 65 70 bucks to take the family to see it in the theater with the popcorn and all that stuff, uh, I don't feel guilty watching it twice this (laughs) week, you know, on that, and it's great, but yeah, that was it. Uh, other news this week that I thought was about time and it's interesting, uh, uh, the Cleveland Guardians,
1: yeah. I mean, so do you know about the Why is the Guardians? Have you
0: actually dude it's one of my favorite uh fav, fav, favorite rabbit holes i went down this week yeah okay yeah i saw those statues from like 19 right, right. no they're still around i mean no 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 but from 19 1930... right. they're still there but they were yeah. carved and i saw right, this right. whole thing about how they were carved who designed them yep Yep. And... Yeah,
1: and yeah but i think there was a uh like some people were expecting i think there was a historic cleveland team called the spiders so I think there was a kind of a contingency that was uh, you know hoping for spiders uh because it's less goofy than guardians, but you know, whatever. Yeah, I think they, it's fine.
0: Yeah, the bridge but the bridge that leads to the newer stadium is mm-hmm. carved with those, you know, almost hundred year old, you know, guardian yeah. statues now. I think it's yeah, perfect. It's a cool drive. I've I made that drive a few times. Yeah, absolutely. But whatever name you went with, there was going to be an outcry. It's like, wait a minute, yeah. we've had this racist name for a hundred years, and now it's an issue. It was an issue a hundred years ago. <laughs> you know, you just. But uh, you know, the way I look at it, the owners of the Cleveland, you know, Guardians have to be happy because we know the whole bullshit between the alternative third jerseys that the NHL came sure, up with a yeah. few years ago it's like well everybody at this king game has a home or away jersey and we need these assholes to buy another 100 dollar jersey what can we possibly do so yeah i mean the 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 old team logo will sell well on ebay for the next 50 years 100 years but in the meantime uh they're gonna they're gonna sell a crap load of guardian stuff do you think it's gonna spill over i mean when does the atlanta baseball team change the name i, I mean we'll find out right i mean
1: so the the washington football team is in the midst of that right now now obviously that was the worst of the names worse uh, along with along with worst you know, right but you know i think that regionally speaking you know I guess Ohio and Georgia. Yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe Georgia is going to be a little bit slower to really push on it. Cause I don't, I don't really see the internal pressure there as much as I did, you know, with Cleveland. So
0: we'll see. I, uh, no, I, I, I applaud it. It just, it's been a long time coming, but it's happened years ago. Yep. You know, but, but, but it's happened now and, and, and I'm just happy it is, uh, Speaking of rabbit holes, our good yeah. friend Joe, uh-huh. he just likes to throw wrenches into my productive days. And Your productive days. right? The other so, okay. day, yeah. I, I get an email. And he usually texts me. I get an email. Dude, it's this link. In 1979, they broke a record for 29 new shows. And there was only three networks at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 29 new primetime shows. And somebody, some some genius found them all and strung together the opening credits and back then some opening credits were two minutes long i mean they were these yeah and and they would they would hire big name artists and big name songwriters dude the rabbit hole i fell down of oh man I vaguely remember that show oh wait that guy I know him from this and this and the googling I would do and the I IDM you know IMDBing of certain names and just like wow oh wait oh, does yeah. this
1: one, you so know, I just this, I just I just googled you know 1979 yeah. uh, TV shows or whatever and, and there's an IMDB list of 1979 TV show debuts so
0: crazy right according to this there's 33 titles but. oh maybe 33 and it's there's like two shows one of them directly a spinoff of animal house and one of them a direct ripoff of animal house they had two primetime sitcoms about fraternities and sororities um you know ne- neither yep. one lasted you know <laughs> i mean but i i did it's like i would oh man this poor girl thought she was you know gonna be you know huge she's second lead in this you know, there's drama and then you go and look at her idea and it's the only thing she had. Or or in some cases, you know, I found out, like John Travolta's sister, you know, who I said to I said to Joe's like, oh, I'm only going to remember her from this show now. And he's like, oh, well, don't you remember that she was Fonzie's aunt and Chachi's mom on Happy Days? And Johnny Love Chachi? I'm like, I forgot that I knew that. So it is. So, and, and I do. I do. Sometimes I, I got to put a parent block on YouTube for myself during work hours <laughs> <laughs> because it just takes you from one thing to the next. Yeah. But wait, but, so,
1: um, so not have you done the um, old gray whistle test, uh, YouTube
0: search? Dude, I here's, here's my old gray whistle test story I got to quote unquote produce a box set for the police right. in 2004. And yeah, I remember Stuart, that. Yeah. Stuart Copeland actually brought in the master, which okay. I, I don't know if this means much to you, but it was a three quarter inch pal tape. Nice. And dude, it was, a, and, and we probably spent 10% of the budget, like mm. salvaging this thing, like mm-hmm. color correcting. And it was so great. Dude, it's, if, if anybody doesn't know what the old gray whistle test is, it's cable access. It's, it's, it's the equivalent of, it was prime time. It was a huge show on, it was Top of the Pops and gold yep. Grey Whistle Test, but the production value is what you get at a local cable access station with a local right. band coming. And it is fucking magic. And I will tell you this, here's my Stuart Copeland story. Uh, the guy who worked at Universal who gave me the gig introduced me, goes, oh, Jock's a drummer too. <laughs> Dude, right, right? And I'm like, no. I count to four fast or slow, depending on which of our yeah. songs we're playing. But and, and, yeah. and he it's was like somebody
1: I'm... introduces me to you know Patrick wants to say, Oh hey, Biff's a goalie too. Says, yeah, right. Thank don't. you. Don't, don't don't don't.
0: And you have no idea how much you just insulted, you know, Stuart Copeland. Yeah, <laughs> like you just slap the face. Yeah. So I said to him, it was amazing getting to see you play on a stripped-down kit. And he laughed. He goes, dude. That wasn't a stripped down kit. That was the kit I used. And he goes, but as we started to tour and get bigger, like they just kept sending me more drums and more toys and more cymbals and sending me a guy to set it up and break it down. He goes, but if you look at a live thing, because and part of, part of this documentary that he was working on, Uh, there's an overhead camera of him on every concert. He goes, dude, I hit the same three drums 98% of the time. He goes, but just to justify that guy's job so he felt like it was worth setting up, I made sure I hit each symbol and each drum at least once every show He goes, but that was my kit, that's all I played on. Because, you know, by, by the time I jumped on the police, you know, I'm like 12 years old and junior high and they're out, but I never saw him playing on this stripped down kit. Um, Sting had just the day before, um, uh, he was working in the movie Dune. He was an actor in Dune. And whatever they sprayed on his face for makeup inflamed his whole face. Oh, and he geez. and he had oh. these Elton John ski right. goggles slash yeah, yeah. glasses on. But yeah. So what are oh. some of your oh, favorite whistle tests? Oh, my God. There's so many. But
1: I would say um, uh, the one that I really love is actually obscure. But it's, there's a guy named Gary Moore who was a uh, guitarist for Thin Lizzy. Yeah, yeah. But but he's a so he was a solo act, but he did this one where the backup band in my in my world is like freaking like you know a freaking a who's who where he basically had a combination of uh, there's a guy named Cozy Powell uh, who's a drummer who you may not have heard of even though you're a drummer, but within the heavy metal world he was a big name, and then he had the guys from Thin Lizzy. Yeah. As the backup band, kind of a thing, so, but that lineup was, you know, fantastic. So, yeah, that was good. So there was some great old uh, Judas Priest back before, back when Rob Halford had super long hair, stuff yep. like that. Yeah, yep. there's, there's, you know, I mean, but, but I've gone into that rabbit hole,
0: dude. Man, great, like yeah, you know, that
1: old Gray Whistle Test, just down the road. I mean, you know,
0: some great Queen in there. You know, yeah, so, yeah, no, the, I mean, it, 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 when you see the production value, it, it's, 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 it's like looking at, yeah, a, yeah. A, uh oh who, yep. who who uh galifianakis has that show between two ferns <laughs> it's like the set from between two ferns but yeah. you are looking at these rock legends just but, legends
1: but what's great about it though is also that um it was you know it was actually you know live performance right and so that's that's what makes it so amazing i mean because and unlike the top of the pops, which is all you know, all day. like yep. lip-synced, right? So yeah, but yeah, there's just some you know, just in within my genre, you know, there's, I know there's like old, uh, old UFO, old Scorpions, bunch of stuff. So yeah, if you if you're like a rock fan and you Google old gray whistle test on YouTube and you can't find something you you
0: like, there there's definitely something wrong with you. Right, right. No, I'm, I mean. I did not see the queen one. Don't tell me what they played, but I will definitely be going back, you know, this week and doing it. So um, it's funny because this week I actually wrote down some things I wanted to talk about. And just before we come on the air, it turns out that the justice department, and I don't want to get too excited or giddy, but the justice department just told treasury, Hey, clowns, no more hiding the taxes. You have to turn Donnie two scoops. Uh, taxes over to congress so look i i I, i've learned not to get excited about that stuff until something really happens but i got a good feeling about it Biff. i got a good feeling that you know um uh, some of the shenanigans might be coming to an end but but then again i'm not gonna mean i i would say is something gonna happen that
1: will prevent him from running again in 2024 so i I don't don't know if
0: you know yeah i'm not sure yeah. if i don't want him to run because you know he's just like the, the lead balloon that he's you know been. i'm not going down yeah. that rabbit yeah. hole but he's you know he's he's defined the word loser at every turn but yeah. um I, I will say i'm disappointed in the media because i i'm just finding out it's been going on for like four months but have you heard about this this um, coal miners strike that yeah they up having thousands of people thousands of people show up from all over the country in New York and protesting, zero attention on any of the outlets, any that's a, of the outlets. Yeah, that's, a, that's a kind
1: of a, it's a fascinating thing. So part of it is, is that it's okay. So if you put it into context, uh, who who's, who's, who's protesting? Coal miners, like you said, right? Yeah. So that means it's in the coal industry, right? So, and then and it's a, it's a coal miner's what? It's a coal miner's union, right? So we're dealing with coal, which is something that the liberal media probably doesn't like. And then Agreed. you're dealing with unions, which the conservative media doesn't like. So who wants to cover it?
0: Well, you would figure that some of the, and again, yes. I'm just, Look, so that was my question. You know, you right? and I, you and I are on the same page that we should have been on wind and power, you know, wind and solar decades ago. And, and and we're not fans of coal, but it is here for the time being. But but the whole yeah. fact that no Democrat is standing up with these, you because, I mean, you know, the death of the union, uh, you know, the unions since the Reagan came in in the 80s, it's really what eroded the backbone of the middle class. So you figure somebody, you know, an AOC yeah. or Warren or somebody who's really so, or Bernie, Who's so pro union? It's like, yeah, I don't like coal, and wouldn't it be great if we can transition these workers into solar or wind? But they are getting screwed around, you know. They are workers. They are a strong union. They are middle class. Let's get out there. But yeah, no, that's interesting. You're right. Like, it's not sexy for the liberal media, and it's you know kryptonite for the <laughs> for the other assholes.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, bottom line though, what I will what I will say is that. I mean, I, you know, as much as I don't like the industry itself, you know, my, you know, my heart hurts for those people because we're dealing with people and some of them are kind of willing partners, maybe whatever you want to say, they know that they're going to get crappy health at the end of their lives. Right. And they're getting paid garbage wages and no benefits. And those are the people who really, really need the healthcare and the, the long
0: term, you know, well, support. And, and, you know, on one hand, you have every Democrat saying, "I'm I'm for unions and and all that stuff," yeah. and they're and they're silent. And then on the other side, like yeah. the last administration, the guy who's head of the PEPa is a coal magnet, and they're like, "These yeah. coal workers are the salt of the earth, and these are the backbone." And no Republican is standing up saying, "Yeah, we support these are the salt of the earth people that we want to vote for us because we perpetuate, you know, their their, their existence anyway." Um, yeah did you check in at all for the january 6th hearings that that happened the other day
1: uh i did the only part that i really watched was the testimonials from the police officers and nothing beyond that so that's all i've watched and you know obviously certainly i can't remember the officer's name but him describing the whole event and telling us that in his in his whatever 20 odd years as a policeman it was the first time that he was called the n-word while he was in uniform i'm thinking you know that's like that's like a that was a kind of a mind-blowing statement in
0: my book i am glad that he said that word several times and that that, that the stations that i saw it on Mm -hmm. didn't didn't edit it out yeah. Because to, to see that strong, I mean, he's a giant, he's a big yeah. guy. And to see him emotionally and say like that, you know, it's like, yeah, it, you know what, you know, isn't, isn't it, isn't, doesn't the NHL have that new, that new thing, like get uncomfortable. It's like, yeah, uh-huh. no, that's not the
1: NHL. That's the black girl hockey club but, and but some, some NH, NHL L2 clubs teams have, have signed on. But yeah, we'll, we'll I'd like to discuss that later, but yeah. Is- uh, yeah, no, we'll
0: get to that, yep. but get uncomfortable. Yep. And that's what yeah but you know, on, on a couple of stations that I toggled between or saw coverage of, they were A being, here's the cop's story who was getting crushed in the door and showing the footage yeah. of him getting crushed yeah. in the door. So look, I, I think we got a long way to go. I'm glad, I'm glad that Pelosi had said, okay, we negotiated with you in good faith for a month. And we agreed to all your terms to put this commission together. And then the day before you, you wouldn't do it. And then we put this commission together and you purposely put saboteurs on it that I right. threw off. And just before the commission starts, just before the hearing started, you know, their leader uh, said, any, any Republican who stays on this committee is going to lose all their chair seats. Mm-hmm. So three of the five Republicans got up and left. And so, you know what, we don't need them to get to the bottom. of. It. And at the same time, it's like, okay, well, you would have known the subpoenas are coming, Jim Jordan, because you would have people on the inside giving you the heads up to get out of Dodge. But anyways, um, but speaking of the, those hearings, doing a little research, and I saw this clip before, and it's gone around Twitter. Does, does the woman's name, June Elliott, ring a bell with you? Uh, it does not. Do you remember, and this was back in the 60s and this woman did it on her own. You know, and, I was like five years old. At no, the no, but the you, would have, I'm see, just you kidding. would have seen. I'm just kidding. I, I, I was minus one, but, <laughs> but it was right. It was like the day after MLK was shot okay. and she came into her classroom of all white students mm-hmm. and she wanted to give them an idea of what it's like being black in America. And she famously told she famously told divide up the classroom between blue eye kids. yep, And yep. dark eye kids and told. Oh, I heard, yeah, I, uh, I heard that story. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah so go so, ahead.
0: Yeah. So 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 I was watching this clip the other day, um, you know, on Twitter. And, it, and she, so that became a big documentary when she had done that. And she's given this speech and I'm trying to look up when it was, you know, uh, and she became a real you know, anti-racist hero, you know, from, from, from way back from like the, you know, the 60s. And she is lecturing a college. And I, I bring this up because of the whole critical race, you know, theory and not, and, and, and the big push not to learn things and, and the big push to, to bury your head in the sand and, and truly whitewash history. And one girl at the lecture stormed out it was a big lecture hall thing and she's she was saying it's like yeah you know what she doesn't realize how lucky she is she doesn't like what she's hearing and can get up and leave uh black people don't have the option of not being black and i would like a show of hands from anybody in this room if you're okay with how blacks are treated in this country and then some people put their hand up because, okay, my next question, would you want to be black in this country? Nobody's hand goes up. You know what I mean? So so you're okay with the treatment of how you know how we're treating this minority group. But, anyways, with the whole, I didn't want to go too far into this, but I was I was thinking that today. It was like the whole critical race thing. I was talking to my friend in Texas who is very upset because in his state, his governor has, he's keeping one of his kids home from school uh, this coming school year. One of his kids is going to a private school. The other kid who was going to a very good public school in Austin, um, the governor has mandated. You can't have masks in school. You no no school system can mandate masks, And it's like, like you just, just, just telling kids they can't wear masks is, is what they're, they're they're doing. And it's like, so on one hand, we're truly, truly trying to keep the Delta variant going. And on the other hand, we're truly, truly trying to, again, whitewash history and this whole, well, we don't want white kids to feel bad if they know that we did bad. I've talked to you, you know, I remember talking to you about comments that my you know, Korean mom-in-law made uh, that were wrong comments and she was corrected by my wife, but because she has this great dislike for the way the japanese people had treated her as a child and you're like oh yeah we were awful you know and well, Germ- and germany
1: they that's a different this was, that's a different conversation plus the japanese are still kind of awful when it comes to you know the whole uh, time in korea and everything else so
0: that's a different story but, but, but so, in japan as yeah. a child do they hide the, the atrocities of war because like I said, 100% oh they do okay because oh my
1: god no 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 that yeah that's why I'm that's what I that's what that's what I was going to get to I don't I don't want to expand on it because that's not the point but right now the Japanese um uh government complain about these uh, there are these symbolic statues of of these young girls on benches that symbolize the comfort women and And they have been put up in various places as pieces of artwork and whatever else. And the Japanese government goes bananas. And and I think there was one even in Glendale, I want to say, for a little while. And the Japanese government is, you know, going to conniptions over it. Yeah, the Japanese government is in denial over... That role, and they've also basically said that you know we've done our atonement, we did what we needed to do, and so yeah, that's where I agree with Ellen's mom-in-law from the standpoint of you know what, they they still haven't done. It's the same thing as a lot of things in this country where the atrocities are not acknowledged.
2: It's well, the I same mean,
0: thing. it's funny. I, I thought I loved history. It was one of my fa- It was one of the few subjects I did okay in school, and then I went to college. It wasn't until I, I got, I, I think I was, I might've been out of college. I got a college degree, not in history, but I went to college, had to take some history courses. I didn't know about Japanese internment camps and I was a World War II buck. Like, like, you know, when I started a company in 2000. Well, but in your defense, you know, there, that wasn't a war
1: going on in the internment camp. So see, see, it's not important. No, right. It was no, a war. <laughs> same thing. It's like, no, you, know, you know, I yeah.
0: didn't know about redlining and I didn't know about segregated army. And I didn't yeah. know about the testing on the Tahiti airmen. Like, mm-hmm. and I, I, I will tell you, I am ashamed that somebody who, who, thought he liked history and watched every documentary going up on PBS that I find out about the Tulsa massacre by watching the Watchmen two years ago, you know? Yeah. And, and then I looked it up. I remember watching that and I'm like, Holy shit. This, this, this happened. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and wait a minute. It wasn't the first time it happened. Yeah. And, and, and what happened, I think it was in Wilmington, North Carolina, the same thing happened where, you know, you know i'm not going into that but it was like dude and now we're going out of our way to make it harder to learn but you know i i was just Phil bar that said the winner's right history right yeah but so but just, but we didn't win you know, but you know what it's like I, I, i'm just hoping that you know but but now that i have brought up covid uh how you know it 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 kind of hit home for you and i and our circle well, of friends this week yeah
1: well so i don't want to obviously we don't want to be we don't. at this point but um yeah, so I guess the short thing is is that uh, we are seeing firsthand what's been reported on the news, which is that you can be fully vaccinated and still contract uh, the the virus. Um, so, and you look at some of the uh, st- st- statistics coming out. I think, in fact, there was something that was uh, that pertained to some area in uh, Massachusetts where there's uh, there was a report CDC report where like seventy four percent of the people could you know who tested positive were vaccinated people and stuff like that right yeah so, out, out in Provincetown yeah so <laughs> you know and so those numbers. I want to see the kind of the expanded numbers in terms of so what's the percentage of people who were vaccinated in you know just the regular percentages and then so what does that mean and everything else now having said that there's other numbers that let us know that the vaccinations you know work but once again you know what it does when i say when it say it works it's not does it's not the same as saying that it will keep you from getting the virus period right that there's a certain context to what the vaccination is going right. to do and they've been saying it from the start so the stuff that i cared about from the start is the the high percentage of people who will avoid hospitalization by taking the vaccine, right? Right. That is the efficacy that I really cared about. You know, everything else is like, you know what? If I take the vaccination, there's a really good chance I won't die even if I get the virus. And that's because, you know, not dying is a pretty important thing, at least at this point in my life. So
0: I So yeah, I was hoping to be talking on this podcast about you might have, my oldest kid who's 13 was, was his past Wednesday was supposed to fly out for his first trip and he was going to see you, he was going to see Taylor and he was going to see, you know, stay with our great friend Runetsky, And, and we just told him, it's like, Hey, you know, our friend who is a very, his whole family is just. Fucking brilliant and they took it incredibly serious but yeah when it hit that it's like and i'm thinking and i tell him it's like dude if you get it you know and he got it right away because he has all of new things and he wasn't pushing back but i'm like yeah. i don't know how, if you have to stay there a month two months i mean i w- realistically what would have to happen is i'd have to fly out and drive him home you know, or or drive out and get him home. If he's gonna be there for a couple months, even if he has a mild case, or if he gets it, you know, and even though he's vaccinated. So yeah, it kind of I, I I was yeah. hoping, I was hoping, you know, three months after he got his vaccinations that it wouldn't be hitting home. But you know what? Thanks to the assholes out there, the covidiots out there who are really working to keep this thing going. And and it starts at the top and goes all the way fucking down. Um, it is
1: kind of fascinating though from the standpoint of we're seeing like the you know except for tucker carlson and laura ingram i think all the other fox um uh you know panelists are starting to push for people to be vaccinated right there was a period where you know oh my god you know all these guys you know hannity is telling you to get vaccinated he's like
0: what just in the past week it's only changed in the Right. Past that's week. what i mean right but, so because, yeah, it was last week there was two guys on the Fox and Friends set who almost yeah. got who got into it because one guy's like, you got to go get vaccinated. And the other guy's like, well, I'm all for telling people they should, but it's not our place. It's like, and, and then he made one of the asshole stupid comments of the year, which is saying a lot. But he's like, if you told me you're going cliff diving this week and I said, well, that doesn't sound safe, but it's not my place to tell you not. It's not the government. The government's job isn't to keep you safe. And right away I thought, okay, great. I'm with you. I agree. So let's get rid of the military because the military's whole thing is to keep us safe. But if the government's job isn't to keep us safe, then why are we spending trillions and trillions of dollars? Okay. So I
1: I think the, uh, somebody, you know, not, not my idea, but I think somebody basically had kind of similar, a a closer analog, which is, you know, drunk driving is a choice. Right. Right. But, you know, we tell, you know, but I think it's okay for the government to insist that you don't drive drunk
0: because guess what? It's not hurting just you. You know, I thought, I I keep seeing this. There's one guy I follow on Twitter and he's always trying to raise money to put up these billboards and he always has a great mock-up of these billboards, but I don't think any of them have gone up. (laughs) Um, So I'm a little hard pressed, but they're great, you know, but one of the billboards he's been trying to raise money to put up is like. A picture of uh donnie three scoops down at mor largo but a picture of him smiling with his thumbs up it's like i got my COVID shot in january you yes. know what i mean it's like you know that whole that whole crime family got their shots everybody on fox has got their shots you know but yet they go out there and they tell you it's your choice you don't have to be pushed around and now places like alabama w- where that governor who never put a mask mandate in place who shut down last opened up first is out there yelling at the unvaccinated it's like dude lead by fucking example you know what i mean it's like you you can't come in now and say oh after a year and a half of telling you it's not bad it's gonna go away it's fake masks don't work don't you know cheering like lock fauci up and stuff now you want to take it and i honestly i have a theory because I guess last week the CDC had said 99% of people in ICU with COVID are unvaccinated. So yeah, right, sure, there's right. gonna be one yeah. or two, but it's like now they're starting to read, oh fuck, that's our viewers. You know what I mean? It's like, oh fuck, that's I, I our was, voters. Yeah, I, I've, I've had suggestions that
1: there was possibly a, a, a briefing that may have gone to certain, you know, to say, you know, to Congress or whomever, right? And based on some studies or analysis from the CDC, that I think that perhaps may have scared the bejesus out of a lot of these people. And then they in turn may have, you know, tipped some of these guys to say, hey, this is what I'm hearing. This is what I'm seeing. And then that might be what's kind of actually changing things. So but, that's that's conspiracy theorist
0: stuff. But, you know, but, so. That's what I kind of wonder, but but yeah, but you know, the the last guy still you know isn't out there saying to do it. There, they're, yeah, they they're, but but yeah. but Tucker Carlson and and Angram are the biggest ones on that network right now. So them pushing back sure. is only going to hurt. But, but truly, regardless, I, but
1: just just in terms of, I guess uh, my my big question is, what happened in that whatever whatever that first day was when the when the the tune changed with Hannity? Yeah. You know, what what happened, did he why? find? What, what did he find out? What did he hear? What did he see? Is it really that simple as what you just said that ninety nine percent of the people who are hospitalized
0: are unvaccinated? Is it really that simple, or was there something? That's what well, I'm wondering. Well, I think the ninety nine percent, ninety nine percent of the ninety nine percent are Fox viewers, and they're <laughs> and they're starting to think it's like that's our people who are now yeah you know, maybe yeah. you know you know dying, but you know what this isn't the only place where things are pretty messed up. And before we get to the Olympics part of our Olympic talk, uh, what's going on in Japan, yet the the crime is still running rampant there. Absolutely. You you sent me that clip and and I I would like you to break it down. Well,
1: so this gentleman uh, parked his car right right outside where he was staying. And literally these thieves are stealing the car in front of his eyes and he sees it being stolen. He yells out from his window, don't steal my car. And what do these uh, thieves do? They ignore his plea and warning completely and proceed to steal the car. Is
0: that unbelievable? And I, dude, and, and forgive me for my ignorance. Forgive yeah. me for my – are steering wheels on the right side of cars in Japan? That's correct because they drive on the left-hand side. They They do they do okay i i I was not sure of that because i'm like there's no way somebody can get in on that driver's side the way (laughs) it was parked against the rock wall there and i'm like the brick wall yeah and then they blur it out so either the car that his buddy was driving um you know they blurred out the plates and and hopefully that will I assume that car was stolen because you could see the plates in the getaway <laughs> car as but yeah, he's yelling. It's like I don't I don't know exactly what he was yelling, but I could put the pieces yeah, together. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You know what you, but you know what the amazing
1: thing about it is they found the car two days later. It, it, total chopped up. <laughs> no, just, they did they found the car it was returned to the owner two days later. Oh. Probably because the you know the thieves freaked
0: out when they saw themselves, oh that's us on the news. This is bad. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so now that we're, we're over there talking about the crime ridden Japan, let's talk about the covert ridden Japan and how bad <sighs> that's going. Well, you know, well, I
1: mean, it's going right. I mean, it and obviously we've had these cases uh popping up among the athletes and uh, within the athletes' village, we knew was going to happen, whatever. I mean, just like with everything else, they're determined to have this Olympics and have it done because hey guess what
0: 2022 is an Olympic year and it's the Winter Olympics so but it's it's from and correct me if I'm wrong which I probably am the people in Japan the people in Tokyo didn't want the Olympics right now they, they want yeah, but it was the IOC right. that said fuck you we're doing it
1: well it's not so much the IO well so but it's really the a combination of the JOC and the government that said you know you know we're not stopping this
0: this is going to happen we're going to go through with this right so what happened with the broadcaster who made a holocaust joke well that's not so actually that was um actually
1: uh, a writer who was in charge of some of the entertainment segments as part of the uh, olympic production and he was actually uh a behind the scenes guy uh and i think it was a combination writer and maybe like producer but stuff surfaced from the 90s where he basically made a holocaust joke and i still haven't watched the video i i should but i just haven't watched the video and so essentially uh, this was made you know essentially
0: this came out pressure was on and he resigned and so i mean and you and you sent us the clip you're like he's not yelling but trust me the prime minister is not happy
1: well i mean it, it's it's like anything else the problem is that they number one probably did a poor job of screening things in general that's part one part two is is that this this is the problem with the way maybe the ioc is run but definitely the way joc is run where you have these connected people who have these you know basically old school you know dudes right and they just have this they're kind of, they feel entitled to getting a lot of these positions they get entitled they feel entitled to a lot of these things because of who they are and what their history is but there are people with horrible attitudes and so the current JOC director uh uh, chairperson is a former athlete but and she was replaced because the previous one was some old politician and he made some heinous comments about uh there was a ioc kind of a goal to have something like 50 percent women in various you know committees or whatever and his comment to that was well you know when you have that many women you know in a committee like that nothing gets done because all of them have to talk because as soon as uh, wow. one says something the next person has have to be has to be heard and it's like some of the you know, just like come on i are, are you are you serious like you know 2021 but and then he's like like dumbfounded, that you know he's under pressure to get fired. I mean, that's how detached he is from reality.
0: So, so. let's let's talk about the good stuff in the Olympics. And yeah. and uh, I, you know I I am I, I we all become experts on things yep. that we didn't know two days ago. Sure, but I guess Japan and the U.S. women's softball team have uh, the last time there was There's kind softball, of been a rivalry. Yeah, right. Like the yeah. la- and here's the crazy thing: the last time because softball hasn't been in the Olympics for a little while the last time they met in the gold medal game uh was 11 years ago or it was in 2008 2008 2008, yeah same two starting pitchers like the rest of the teams are completely
1: different but it's the same two starting Yeah, Kat Osterman yeah and Kat Osterman I was kind of surprised that they pulled her especially because she hadn't given up any runs but you know obviously she's you know 13 years older than she was the last time she played so maybe that was a factor but you know whatever the case may be. and man you know and i i was somewhat agnostic about who won this this game obviously cuz i have allegiance on both sides but man I, I was just so heartbreaking to uh i mean kudos to kat osterman for doing that post game interview but you know it's just she was so heartbroken
0: it was just so that part of it was tough, but yeah, when you come sat close, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. you know you ain't getting another shot. You, right, you know right. what I mean? That yeah. that that was your one shot. Um also I, I want to talk obviously about the Simone Bile.
2: Yeah.
0: Um she first of all, in our lifetime, right. we are so privileged to be seeing somebody this good, like this much heads and shoulders yeah. better. Than the, the the second runner up,
1: I, and I, I think that goes across multiple sports, right? There's, I think that we we're probably in like some of the we're watching some of the best of the best, like you know you you, you talk about her, you talk about you know people like you know maybe even guys like say you know um, uh, maybe Federer, maybe Djokovic or whatever, or you know Serena Williams definitely, and right, you know, the right, Wayne Gretzky and and Michael Jordan, all those people, and like so in that sense we're just lucky all around. And of course, within that realm of the, you know, the the mega, mega superstars, you know, Simone Biles is in, you know, that Mount Rushmore territory, right? So, And,
0: and we've talked before that she came up with a move that is so incredible yeah. that nobody else can do it. And so they banned her from doing right. a move that was named after her because right. nobody could come. She has won gold medals on a broken foot. Yep. She's won medals, literally, yeah. she's won medals banged up in ways that nhl players would be like yeah i can't i can't go out there so this time around something's not right she's hurt and when she when she pulls herself out of competition and 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 just the 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 victory all that she was subjected to and 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 you and no one
1: but before we go to the negatives though i do i I do want to start with the positives of that which is number one right For somebody that huge to come out to say that, you know know what, not only, and I think there's the part that there's one part that people miss, but the really important part is, is that, you know, I'm taking ownership of over my health. Right. And as an athlete, you know, I'm not going, you know, this is going to be dangerous. And we know we have, obviously there's documentation of gymnasts have explained why this is so dangerous. Right. So I'm not going to get into that, but I think that aspect of it is super important that she's as, you know, one of the greats of the greats of the great is setting this example to, to the, you know, certainly to the younger gymnasts, but maybe across multiple sports. So that part is great. I think the fact that the way she handled that whole thing within the context of the team where she stayed on, she cheered on the team. She was vocal. Yes. She, She basically didn't say, you know what, I'm backing out and hiding away. You watch her, you watch the footage of her, t- you know, telling her teammates, and it's it's like this is the greatest of the great saying. Listen, you know, here's my d- I'm pulling out, and obviously they're gymnasts, so they know what's going on, right? They understand what she's going through, but you know, for her to go in there to say, look, you know, I know you guys got it, so and and then kudos to two two st- you know, breakout stars, uh, you know, uh, uh, Suni Lee who yep. won the all around gold, right? Uh, and then uh, Jordan Childs, who had to take Simone's slot in the two events in the team side that Simone pulled out of, and you know, obviously she wasn't. Pre- I mean, she's prepared, but she certainly wasn't like expecting to do those things. No, I, like the- to be thrown in there, and then go away with a silver medal fantastic
0: fantastic and, and the other thing you're an athlete I'm an athlete we no, know I'm not now, no but you're we not play, okay we, we play, play sports but we know athletics and yeah and and for her to say look I, I'm the best in the world but me at 75% is not good at this as, as her at a hundred percent so she when she pulled out she was doing it just as much for her team. Like if she had, if she had, oh, I'm gonna gut this one out. Look, you know, if 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 Tom Brady literally pulls, no, 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 no. Let's do this. Let's let's not do. Let's not. Let's not go with the hypothetical. Yeah, no, just let's go
1: with the real stuff. Hey, remember that guy that was hurt but was still played first base in you know 1986?
0: Right. Yes. How many people
1: said that guy should have pulled himself out of the game? It cost the Red Sox the World Series.
0: 100. And any athlete to to get to that level to get to that level you have to be so fucking driven it's insane 99% of people will never be able to understand the focus and the work and the dedication i don't care how fucking gifted you are to get to that level it is insane and but for you to be able to have put your teammates first and say oh, I'm not going to get this one out for me and for my glory, but my team will do better. It's hard. And again, you know, the Buckner thing, yeah, that was a different situation. The owner called and said, keep him on the field. I want him on the field. Whatever the situation is, though, right?
1: But you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, if you're hurt and you're not... But for
0: her to do that, for her to put her team above herself, and then, like you said, she sat there and cheered and worked with them and was just not at the hotel and not in the locker room. I mean, she is a fucking hero everywhere and like you said for her to put herself out there and be an example look you got one body you know don't mess this up if you're hurt you're hurt say you're hurt don't you know and again yep. this is coming from a woman who's won gold medals on one yeah. leg <laughs> you know I, I,
1: listen the part of it is that you know how hard is it for the person who is clearly the greatest you know in in her sport to say I got to pull out and not win these medals. Right. Right. And it's like, this is what she does. Right.
0: She's she's yeah phenomenal. And she's coming to Boston and I think the wife and kid, yeah, she's going to be at the garden. I think we're going to go down and and, and definitely see that. Uh, So it's a big week for you Biff because it was NHL free agency week. So I want, I want you to talk a little bit about some of your favorite things that happened, but then, uh, I don't know, The it seems like the NHL is trying to compete with the NFL as yeah. how many awful people can we, you know? Well, yeah, so,
1: like, just starting with the, you know, I mean, it's just been a wh- kind of a bad week. So, within hockey, and even with the Simone Biles thing, um, there was a lot of, uh, you know, Twitter activity because a couple of the women on the U.S. Women's National Hockey Team came out and did the, you know, you know, Simone Biles is a, you know, is a soft, is a coward for doing this, you know. So for fellow women Olympians to essentially do that, that was pretty brutal. And, you know, a lot of comments about, you know what, that toxic hockey culture, not just with the men, right? I mean, that was one of the things that, you know, came out. And of course, when we talk about, you know, toxic hockey culture, you know, we've had this Blackhawks sex scandal for a while, Um where their video coach basically sexually assaulted players. And the handling by the Blackhawks is just so awful based on what's come out. And obviously these are, you know, know, these are just stories that have come out. But when you say that, when you hear that these players not only did not uh, get, their complaints did not get addressed, but later on their teammates hazed them for being the victims of this. Literally these... You know, so that that whole thing. I mean, I don't understand how everybody who was on that team, running the team from that, that 2010 era, is not suspended. You know, right. on an administrative lease. So there's that. Um, and by the way, uh, Katie Strang uh, of the Athletic, who's done a lot of these kind of really difficult subjects, been doing a great job uh, following this. Uh, Rick Westhead and TSN similarly doing great jobs. So, you know, if you're interested in reading about more about him. Look up Katie Strang, look up Rick, Rick Westhead, and you'll find lots of great stuff from them. Um, the Montreal Canadiens uh, drafts a player who was, uh, you know, technically convicted in Sweden for, uh, a, basically he, he he made unauthorized, uh, uh, he got unauthorized photos or videos of somebody that, you know, uh, he had sex with and distributed and so on. And so at the beginning, prior to the beginning of the draft, the prospect made an announcement that he renounced his eligibility for the draft and basically asked the uh, NHL not to draft him. But of course, the uh, Canadians draft him in the first round. And then to top it off, they say nothing, right, for a few days. And then they they wait until right in the middle of free agent uh, frenzy, where this year, a gazillion signings. It was an exciting day in free agency. And right in the middle of that, Jeff Molson, the, you know, the CEO of the Canadians released this press conference. Yeah. Right. You know, remember those things, you know, like when the guys bury stuff while, yeah. Yeah. That classic.
0: Yeah. Friday afternoon's news jump.
1: All that stuff. And then on top of it, uh, there's another player, Tony D'Angelo, formerly of the Rangers with a history of abuse, uh, a ref abuse, a racial slur slur against, uh, 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 um, a teammate was it uh, a team it was a teammate yeah akima lu i think it was and then um and then there was one he you know he was a politically charged guy and he got into it with some troll and he basically the the troll said you know well i would say it to your face and then the guy said well you know what you know meet me outside msg kind of a thing right i mean that was basically it you know, so that stopped happening on Twitter because he left Twitter for parlor, but that's another story. But anyway, <laughs> but the Hurricanes signed him to a free agent contract. So I'm thinking, you know, it's like, yeah, that's, that's real good. You know? So,
0: no, I mean, it's like, I, I get that winning is everything. And you, you know, these, these great players are good, even decent players at that level are hard to come by, but yeah, there's just at, at what point, you know, do they have to say, it's like, yeah, and, and I, you know what? I'm, I'm very disappointed. I didn't hear about the U.S. women's hockey team go, you know, yeah. weighing, weighing in. I mean, that's just horrible. Yeah. Well, so uh, part of it is because I do f- – a lot of the people that I follow
1: in hockey are, you know, are both women writers. There's a, few, there's a few women writers that I really like a lot because – well, there's one that I like because she's hilarious. And then there's a couple that I like a lot because they do um, a lot of advanced analytics – combined in their essentially when they talk about things. Right. So I like the advanced analytics people, but, uh, and, but they obviously are advocates for women's hockey. So when they see crap that happens where it's essentially giving that women's game, a bad name, you know, you know, they're certainly unhappy about it. And so that's how, how I got wind of it, but yeah, it's like Kelly stack and uh, uh, I can't remember her first name, uh, Scarupa. There's two of the players that basically publicly said on Twitter, you know, this garbage is like, you know.
0: That, so. that 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 is disappointing. Um so and any other Olympic thoughts? Because by the time we touch base next, the Olympics will be over. I
1: you know, I I think uh I used to be a little bit more of the you know, get off my long guy with regards to some of these uh newer events, and now I'm not like the oh yeah, yeah, the yeah, skateboarding, like the skateboarding the and, and the bike. surfing
0: and all that stuff. You know what? those games are fantastic dude you know what i what and and when management and i were watching the skateboarding what what popped out in your mind first what what surprised you the most Uh, aside from the fact that there's they're like kids (laughs) and and zero equipment yeah like like, uh, well yeah i mean there's no elbow pads helmet, nothing like and i'm like whoa but you know the olympics look they have to survive somehow yeah. and it's funny because they just awarded the tw- when they awarded the last olympics they yeah. they awarded two at once because there were so few bids fewer and fewer bids come right, in right and yeah. they were like oh if we don't give it to france this time they might not put in a bit next time so we're going to yeah. hand out the yeah. 2024 and the 2028 at the same time right only one city bid for the 2032 olympics yeah only I mean, one but-
1: yeah, it, should, it really should it really should and in, in, it really should be something where um, the Olympics, I mean obviously we, we could go into the IOC corruption and everything else, but I think that we're, we're at a point where we have to entice the cities to do these things that they have to re- literally get, an actual cut of the broadcast, you know, revenue. Oh, there was, there Re-
0: was, there was in Boston a few years ago, there was a private group that was trying to put in an Olympic bid. Yeah. And and the governor stepped yeah. in and said, you know, just to the IOC, it's like, yeah, this isn't us. So if you're thinking about taking this bid, we're not doing it. And, and I think it was the governor or one of the senators was like, okay, just so you people know, um, this is what they're expecting in ways mm. to be considered. And it's right. like, they needed a lane on the highway just for them.
2: Yeah. Like yeah.
0: all this crazy stuff. And it's yeah. like, dude, you know, it's like the, the, the crafts just built Gillette stadium right. 45 minutes outside of Boston, but we'd have to build the Gillette stadium, right. in Boston proper. You know, it's like, yeah. why would we build yeah. a billion? You know, we're never going to need it. So no, it's, it's crazy that they do that. And, yeah. um, and, but as far as the BMX and stuff like that, the Olympic people are looking at the X game over the last 30 years, which yeah. went from a joke, a joke, yeah. you know, a, 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 an obscure thing, a, you know, but then when you see like Red Bull sports and what the X game is yeah. now, it's like, holy shit.
1: I mean, how many, how many more years do you think before MMA becomes an event, right? Cause the UFC
0: is exploding out of this, you know, gargantuan rate oh it's it's a worldwide sport like yeah, yeah seriously i mean honestly jujitsu has been a bigger sport worldwide than boxing for 20 plus years and yeah i would be really surprised maybe not 2024 i'll be surprised if by twenty eight thirty two, yeah. if, if mma is, is not in there um so uh, any 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 video games going on at your house these days you want to chat about did I mention it was free agent frenzy week? You did. I was I was busy.
1: So I, actually, I, no. To, but 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 be, but between the last time and this time, though, I
0: actually did watch two episodes of Loki. Oh, good. Well, we'll get to that. And me just a second, but uh, yeah, because what I didn't watch is there is a four part animated series of Resident Evil on Netflix. And, okay. and me my little guy, my oldest guy, like Netflix is the one game that we're both into. Like we have like all nine Netflix or the Resident Evil? Well, both. Both. <laughs> but, but Netflix but is the game. game. <laughs> but Netflix, no, we love the Resident Evil games, but I'm yeah. really looking forward to seeing that. No, uh, uh, as far as TV goes, you've seen the first two Loki's. Yeah.
1: And so well I, I it's a lot of fun. Um so I am looking forward to seeing the you know and so I think now that the free agent stuff has settled down and uh hopefully I you know it's been a busy week at work but I think in the next few weeks I think I'll have a little bit more bandwidth so I'm I'm going to try to get to uh you know James is a big fan of uh of uh, uh Winter Soldier uh, not Winter Soldier with uh, Captain uh, whatever the
0: Falcon falcon in the and Winter Soldier.
1: yeah. yeah. So you know, I do want to get, I do want to get to that. I do want to get to WandaVision, so the whole thing. So there's a few that I'm, I'm gonna try and catch up between now
0: and October. So when you watched Endgame and you saw Loki. Pick up the tesseract. Right, 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 right. It's yeah. like, oh, you knew he was gonna pop up somewhere, yeah. and and I love it takes place right that second. Yeah. It goes right, right from there right into right. it. No, yeah. I'm so that
1: some- that part I, I I so that part was the kind of the easy read, right? I mean, I anticipated that. Okay, I get it. You know, okay, right? Where's he going? How's he getting yeah. in? So no, this no, story? but was, because when they announced the Loki, you know, movie, like, yeah, I made that 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 was the obvious stuff, right? But I think in general, and I don't know that Marvel was. Going out of their way to hide it or anything, but I think they've been really, really good about essentially. Uh, I you know, despite a lot of hate towards a lot of this the the Marvel stuff, I actually think that they're pretty well thought out, and I think that there is, uh, even though I'm you know, unlike you, I'm not a hardcore in any in any of this but i i think that there is a certain level of care that is being given by the people creating these right and i felt the same way about like say the star trek you know reboots right it's yeah. like people who made these really cared about the original like they felt like they were custodians yeah. of of these things that they love so you know they're not going to necessarily get it right but it wasn't out of you know
0: you know what? We just need this to make you know eight gazillion dollars. No, that, it you know, it's, it wasn't that. I, I I defer to the opinions of much smarter people when it comes to this. Like Kevin Smith, who he he talks about that every time he gets a chance. It's like the people making these movies now are living their dream. They always they, they, these yeah. were always yep. in their thing. It wasn't like. You know, oh, a big director. Here's a big chance to make a big movie. It was like these guys grew up reading these and worshiping these, and yeah. and 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 it's it is. It, we yeah. truly are in a golden age. And well, I
1: yeah,
0: and he's the right guy, right? Because I think he uh, yeah. uh, directed a couple of episodes of Supergirl. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny because yeah. I, I I heard other people talking about it. He was just a big fan of the Flash. And, and, and Arrow and Supergirl, yeah. and he called them. I mean, right. this guy who's made big, huge Hollywood movies, been around for a while, but he again, he started off writing comics and all this stuff, but he called them and said, hey, um, I'd like to direct an episode if I ever get a chance, and they're like, who is this? <laughs> <You know? laughs> is, is this an intern? Are we being called? Wait, Karen Smith is calling but, us but, to direct episodic television. Yeah. But have you have you heard, have you
1: um watched any of his um like stage shows like they're on netflix or whatever yeah. um they're, they're, have you watched it any of it no okay I'll, I'll have to find which one had it but there is um there's a great sequence about him and his directing chops where he has he has a conversation between there was a conversation between him and bruce willis uh what was it cop out was that the movie i want to say uh, that was yes. a movie with uh, Bruce yes. Willis and uh, Tracy Morgan, right? Yes. So there is this portion of the of, of the movie where they they have this conversation, and it's a hilarious uh, look into how much he's not your traditional director let's just say so i'll try to find it and i'll see if you'll if you have a chance to watch it we'll oh i definitely will no
0: i i love that yeah. guy by the time we chat next i will have seen sewer squad suicide squad that comes out this weekend and snake eyes i'm excited yeah. about that um, i gotta
1: say you know what i i, I love this I, I it seems like i got the impression that the first suicide squad got, squad got kind of
0: crapped on but i actually really enjoyed i loved movie. it and, and yeah. I'm, i don't know why will smith yeah. isn't back yeah, he was so good. He was, he was so good. He that was. was so, a, that was a great movie, though. And and, and, and like, yeah. you know, the 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 you can't really call it a cameo, but like you know, uh, Ben Affleck's Batman was right, 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 was was only in a couple of shots, but yeah. they were very Bat- Batman yeah. shots. You know, it was and great.
1: I, yeah, and I love that the the I don't know what the character's name is. I'm sure you'll tell me, but the the fire guy was. I thought he was fantastic. The guy that's kind of
0: yeah, Dig. Uh, yeah, Diego. I'm trying to okay, make or something what, like
1: that. Yeah, um, I, I, that character I thought was, was incredible,
0: but yeah, I, I actually like I like this size a lot. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I very much liked it. Um, you got it before we sign off. You got a parenting tip? No, <laughs> I have nothing this week. How about you? So, I told you a couple of weeks ago, my little guy has gotten into the Karate Kid, right? Right, right, and right. Cobra Kai. And his mom and I are at odds that while, yes, I very much love Mr. Miyagi and his style of teaching karate, but the the Cobra Kai way also comes in handy. And so my little guy decided he wanted to get back into hockey and we went out. It was his first time on ice in four years. Uh Uh, He killed it. Like, he shouldn't be this okay. I mean, he's not good. He's not great, but it's like, dude, he was... I, I was a little bit stunned. of that,
1: that kind of the riding the bike kind of thing. He just, just and he, he, yeah.
0: he only played like four months, once yeah. a week, four months when we first moved here. Four years later he says, oh, I want to play. And so I take him and what was really great is now they've seen Cobra Kai and seeing why I like that style, he was tired. He, he negotiated himself out. The stick time was an hour and 20 minutes and I said, okay, we just have to stay 50. But you have to keep moving the entire time. And every time he stopped or slowed down, I got behind him. And I was like, you know, the guy, the teacher from Cobra Kai, you know, yelling. It's like, come on, Mr. Lawrence, this paint, this dojo knows no paint. And he was laughing, but he kept going. I'm like, dude, if you want to do this sport and, you know, I'm going to sidebar for a second. What's really tough back here is, as you know, hockey is religion. So, sure, if, yeah. if you're yeah. 11 and you want to play hockey, right. if you can't,
1: yeah, because, I mean, because
0: there's no in house. There's,
1: yeah, there's, you're no, dealing with all the travel teams just taking up all the ice slots, right? Yeah.
0: Right. There's no in house. There's no learn to skate. There's no yeah. beginner programs. It's if you're 11, you've been playing since you're four or five years old, and you're obligated to, honestly play a 60 game schedule 30 of which is at least an hour away if not out of the state like you know my brother you guys have
1: uh not that not that he's going to go there but like the does your school systems have uh like
0: um intermediate school and high school hockey though they don't they don't it's it's jv and varsity Mm -hmm. and every high school around here on far i mean the hockey team's play in front of packed houses right right and you know the high school state championship play they do at the garden you know right, right. Yep, and, yep, yep and the place is packed it's yeah it is just a religion here and here's the thing he can do it like if he right if he went out twice a week and you know and i'm just mean because because as you know it's like i'm a better coach than a player i'll ever be and i've right. worked i've worked with so many people, you know, and I, I'm pretty good at this. And I've told him and his mom told him, if you really want to do this and you're willing to do the dry land training twice a week yep. and you're willing to go to public skating once and just work on skating and get to a stick time once a week, if we can find it, like once hockey starts back up, like right now, I got him doing a stick time last week in the next three Sundays. I don't okay. know where there's going to be after that. I'm like, Dude, right. in six months, you're not going to be the best player on any travel team but you can make a travel team yeah you know because he's a naturally and i and i really believe this when Mm. when when we had the boys i'm like i don't want to put him in in any sport and push him i want to expose him i signed him up for everything i mean every fucking sport you can imagine they play it once from all the traditional ones to things like water polo you know archery all this stuff and, and if you stick with it, we'll work with it. But with yeah. jujitsu is all about understanding leverage and your body mm-hmm. and movement and, 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 it's strength on strength. So he can transition to this if, if he really wants to, but my parenting tip is like, yeah, you know, when they get into something and, uh, and they're willing to, uh, to, to put in the work, make them watch a little Cobra Kai and understand, <laughs> you know what, this is what it takes. Like, literally this is uh, this is what it takes yeah. so that's my parenting tip uh biff i i, I wish you the best I'm, I'm really looking forward to the ronick sideshow next week uh yep. and, and, but i'm going to leave the rest up to you my friend well you know we had a lot of just
1: horrible things in sport uh this week but at the same time you know that's what we led with um was that whole cleveland guardians thing so you know that makes me think that you know it's important that you don't forget
2: that was a quick five minutes Yeah. That no crime